We are back for another episode of SJHL Insider. Thank you so much for joining us. My name is Jeremy Corrigan, and it is a pleasure to have you as always. And our SJHL Insider is presented by SGI and, of course, all of our great sponsors, Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Great Western, Cantera Seeds, RBC, SaskTel, SGEU, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Tourism Saskatchewan, and Young's Equipment. we got lots to get to. On this week's edition of SJHL Insider, we will be joined by the play-by-play voice of the undefeated Battleford's North Stars, Marty Martinson, later on in the show. Looking forward to chatting with Marty and getting the insight. Um, I kind of alluded to it there, but there is uh, only one undefeated team left. But before we get into that, of course, we have to bring in my co-host, our good friend Clark Monroe. Clark, how are we doing today? Doing great. Doing great. We had a, a really interesting last 24 hours here. I would I'm say sure the, we'll get into that. I would but say last 48 hours. Last 40, Well, for you, yeah. You, you got into it uh, a little bit more than I did. Oh, I but, just meant uh, with the games going with on in the league. Lots of games going on. But yes. we'll lots get of into, games going on in the league. Lots, yeah. of, uh, lots of hockey. Lots of interesting results. Um, but I'm sure we'll, we'll definitely get into that uh, moving forward. Yeah. So I guess without further ado, do you, yeah, you want to get, get right to, into this it? This is your feature. You were the one that came up with this, so I'm never going to introduce it. You are going to introduce it. Sounds good. You ready for it? Yep. All right. Let's get into it. It is time for the hat trick. I'm just going to have a big grin on my face every time. I know you are. Uh, <laughs> you love I it. love it. So topic number one, we're going to have a look back at a busy last, like Jeremy said, 48 hours uh, with uh, a look back first off with Tuesday night's games. If we can uh, bring that up and we got uh, four games on tap from Tuesday night, uh, a lot of scoring in the top two, some tight games in the bottom two. Jerry, you want to run through these? Yeah. And of course, our recap is presented by Sask Lotteries. Flynn Flon with that big win, 7-2 over the Melville Millionaires. A very impressive start to their four-game and five-night stretch. The Nipwin Hawks came back from a two-goal deficit in the third period against the Yorkton Terriers. Earned a very uh, impressive 7-5 victory over Yorkton. The Notre Dame Hounds came back and won 4-3 over the Melford Mustangs. They snapped their losing skid. But the big one on that board, as you can see, the humble Broncos are no longer undefeated as the LaRange Ice Wolves beat the Broncos 3-2. A very exciting hockey game and a very exciting uh, finish to that game, which we will get into in a moment. But we also have to look at our Wednesday results as well because there were two games last night. And as you can Ooh. see... That first one, Estevan beat the Flin Flon Bombers in the rematch of last year's final, 8-6. Goals, Barn goals, goals. burner of a game. Of course, we're going to get to that in a few moments. And Yorkton beat LaRange 2-1. Let's go back to Tuesday, though, Clark. Yeah. Uh, four games on tap. I mentioned it, the big one. The Humboldt Broncos playing host to the LaRange Ice Wolves. It was their first game, in, I think, nine days. And it looked like... They were on their way to their uh, staying undefeated, their ninth win of the year. But you have to give credit where credit's due. And LaRange, they get the tying goal with about a minute 20 left on a beautiful tip in front. You couldn't have asked for a, a picture-perfect tip better than what it was. And if you haven't seen it, you can check out the highlights uh, at sjhl.ca and our YouTube page. Yeah. Uh, be sure to subscribe. And then 40 seconds later, with about 30 seconds left in the game, they get the go-ahead goal to win it in regulation. Yeah. Talk about a gutsy effort to kick off four games and five nights for the LaRange Ice Wolves. Well, then that's kind of the thing, right, with LaRange is that they've they've had a season full of gutsy efforts so yep. far. And, again, we cannot give enough credit to Kyle Schneider, who filled in for Kevin Kaminsky. Uh, right. Coach Kaminsky is back now uh, behind the bench, but – that team, uh, they came out to play for Kyle Schneider, and uh, I think this was just kind of the tail end of that for those guys. Uh, obviously, you saw Humboldt, like you said, they got that 2-1 that lead in the second period with goals from Ethan Zilke and Jacob Boucher, the newcomer Jacob Boucher, um, already making an impact there with Humboldt. Uh, and then the leadership group of the LaRange Ice Wolves just came out. Ethan Strick, obviously, he's been very involved this season. 
and then Handel gets that late goal. Like, very, what a way to end a game. Two goals in the last minute and a half, essentially. Uh, and, you know, they come out with that victory. A tough one in Humboldt. It's never easy to win there. They're such a good team this year. Uh, they've been solid all around, and then LaRange goes in there and sneaks one out. And a really good goaltending performance uh, yeah. by LaRange Icepool's backup goaltender, Topher Chirico, who was outstanding in right. between the pipes, uh, making over 40 saves in that one. Uh, we mentioned it was a thrilling win for the Yorkton, or not the Yorkton Terrier, for the Nipwin Hawks over the Yorkton Terriers uh, Tuesday night. They were down by two going into the third, and I think this is kind of the recipe for the Nipwin Hawks is even when they're down, they're never out because of how much offense that this hockey club has and how explosive they are up front and you also have to consider on Tuesday that they have this performance and this comeback effort after they trade one of their leading scorers Braden Kiesman to the Portage Terriers of the Manitoba Junior Hockey League for uh, a pair of forwards. Yeah. So a real gutsy road effort for the Nippon Hawks and getting a big two points. The the Yorkton Terriers fans who attended that game were treated to quite uh, the performance on both sides. Right. Six goals in the second period, mm -hmm. six goals in the third period. Five of those six goals in the third were by Nippon. A hat trick by Captain McGuire Ratzlaff. Uh, yeah. who's uh, we'll talk about in a little bit uh, with the scoring leaders in the league. Uh, he's putting his stamp on the uh, early season uh, leaderboard there. Uh, but they had obviously like a five-goal third period. Unreal. Down 4-2 going Unreal. into the period. That's a way to, to make a statement. And uh, like you said earlier, like they just made a big move, kind of a – not necessarily like a team-altering move, but it's a definitely an, uh, an important move. It's a substantial move. It gets it's, – it's noticeable. Trading out a leader like Kiesman yeah. was. I mean, Kiesman, was he not one of the MVPs of the week earlier in the year? Uh, very first one, I do believe. Very first one. Uh, and now they brought in, as Clark Stork said on Twitter, shout out Storky, uh, but two important 18-year-old forwards who should make the team better long term. So a big uh, – kind of a bold move by uh, head coach GM Tad Kozen. Uh, but it's uh, it, they look like they're about to, you know, maybe get back to their early winning ways. Yeah, and uh, we mentioned the other two scores on Tuesday. Flynn Flon with a very impressive win, 7-2 over Melville. And then uh, quickly, let's talk about uh, the Notre Dame Hounds getting back in the win column. A 4-3 comeback win over Melfort. They were down 3-2 late in that third period, I think under seven minutes left, and they got two goals late in the third a real, a real big win for uh, the Hounds. Yeah, every win right now is big for the Hounds. Obviously, three six zero oh, one. Let's, uh, every win, every right win is now big. Is big for anyone, Any team. not just the Hounds. Yeah, every win, good statement. Good but point. Uh, considering they but, yeah, had lost their last two at home, yeah, exactly, course. and that's the big thing, right? And um, for Notre Dame, getting that late score at home, I think, in front of the Notre Dame fan base is important, and uh, you know, getting another, another big goalie performance out of the Hounds, which I think seems to be kind of an, from what Neugebauer, Jamie Neugebauer has told us, I was going to call him just Neugebauer, but uh, it's Jamie Neugebauer, Nugzi, what he's Nugzi. told us on, you know, when we've talked to him throughout the season so far, is that they have been getting big goaltending performances from both their goalies, and uh, 41 shots from Melford that night, and they were able to sneak out with a 4-3 win, so um, a great performance by Notre Dame as they continue to try to climb their way up those standings. So let's go to Wednesday. Uh, Yorkton bounced back with a 2-1 win over LaRange. And that's what you'll have to love about the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Yorkton uh, drops their game on Tuesday, 7-5 to Nipawin. LaRange beat the humble Broncos. And then Yorkton the very next night is able to, you know, win a 2-1 hockey game against the LaRange Ice Wolves, which you, you love to see. You love to see parity, but it's a nice bounce back win obviously for uh, the Yorkton Terriers getting back in the win column. LaRange is continuing their four games and five-night stretch, and uh, those teams are going to meet uh, again this weekend, so we'll get into that a bit. But let's talk about the rematch from the SJHL final last year, uh, the Estevan Bruins against the Flin Flon Bombers. What a game, 8-6. Usually on SJHL Insider, we're talking about uh, all the games that I went to over the course of the last week or the last few days. But for the first time, we get to talk to, about a game that we both went to. Yes. Uh, as uh, you came with me down to uh, the beautiful Affinity Place to check out uh, the Bruins and the Bombers. And boy, oh boy, uh, we were not disappointed. What a hockey game. Yeah. I think Early I, candidate for game of the year. Game of the year candidate Easy. for sure. And I think I texted you 
in the first period, if I remember correctly, because you were down at ice level and I was yeah. up in the press box. I think I said, like, what a game. And you were like, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, early, I think it was 2-2 early on, if I remember yeah. correctly. I think it was during the, yeah. right before the first period ended. Yeah, I think it was after that second goal, Cade Runke scored, yeah. the second goal yeah. of the game for Estevan. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was like, man, what a game we're at here. Yeah. And then it turned into an even better game. 2-2 after the first. Uh, it was 6-4 going into the third period. And then a, just a crazy third period, a, a very eventful, physical. Mm. There, you could tell these two teams remembered what happened mm -hmm. last year, uh, and it was just a great finish. Uh, the crowd was into it, and it was awesome to watch. I highly recommend, if you didn't watch that game, to go on to uh, the SJHL YouTube channel. Check out the highlights from last night's game. Yeah, There was a little bit of everything in that yeah. game. A couple and of hat tricks. Yeah, two hat tricks for the Estevan Bruins. Von Sprecken in scored against his former Von team. Von Sprecken scored against his former team. Kate Runke gets a hat trick. Mitch Koner gets a hat trick. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can ask more. It was a. I'm sure it was a very entertaining game for the fans. It was a very entertaining game for the media. I'm sure the coaches aren't too happy with how <laughs> yeah. that game went. That's one of those games. Yeah. It was one of those games. Yeah. Uh, but it was very entertaining. And Estevan now pushes their winning streak to six. Games. We're going to get into that into the weekend, but uh, let's move on to yes, topic, topic two number quickly. two. We're going to have a look at the uh, the leaderboard in terms of stats. Uh, we're, there's been some movement here sure. in the last few days. Obviously, I think last time we did this, Ethan, Ethan Zilke from Humboldt was at the top of this mm -hmm. list. He is now at seven. So there's been quite a bit of movement. And we mentioned earlier Maguire Ratzlaff, Cade Runke, having big nights over the last couple of days with hat tricks. Uh, but what do you think of this list so well, far? Well, that's, that's interesting that you say that because obviously Ethan Zilke, he was at the top literally last week when we were doing this. But they had the Humboldt Broncos just had nine days off. Yeah. So they haven't. Played haven't a game. Had a well, chance. They played one game since then. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like you mentioned, uh, we saw the outstanding performance by Cade Runke last night. We saw a great performance by uh, Jaden Mercier last night. Uh, since October 1st, Jaden Mercier is actually uh, the leading scorer in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League with four goals and seven assists. There you go. Uh, he's turning it up. We've seen Cade Runke. He has uh, six goals and three assists in the last week and a half. Maguire Ratzlaff was outstanding on that road trip for the Nippon Hawks uh, last week. And yep. he's leading turning it up. And he's leading by there. example. Yep. Alex Johnson. There's a lot of guys on this uh, on this list that are Cole Dupro really... had a great night in Estevan, too. Cole Dupro He looked really great... impressive. Yeah, and then I uh, Jake Southgate, obviously, uh, SGU MVP of the week. So there's your movement uh, when it comes to uh, the stats board and the leaderboard, but I think you're seeing a lot of uh, obviously outstanding offensive performances. We talk about, we always talk about so far this year, all, all the great goaltending, but uh, there's been some great offensive performances as well. But let's quickly actually pull up the goaltending numbers as well. Um, I mean, Josh Cote is still sitting at the top of the leaderboard when it comes to the stats for the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League and the goaltending. I mean, Eight games played, nine goals against. Nine goals that's, against. That's, that's pretty good. That's going to get you up there, yeah. Two shutouts, a 1.23 goals against average. And, I, you know, Harmon Laser-Hume has been so good this season. And, uh, you know, the interesting thing was, obviously, with Harmon, uh, it's interesting with last night's game. It was an 8-6 game, but you look back at all the goals, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't blame any of the goaltenders, the goalies on any really of the goals. There were so many bounces in that game. Like, yeah. I, I was talking to uh, our good fr friend Stephen Turner, who was mm -hmm. cutting up the highlights, and he said, "Did any goals go in off of shots, or were they all bounces off it was of skates or legs or weird defenseman plays or whatever?" Uh, so that was a big chunk of the game. A lot of weird bounces. There was last a night. there was a lot of nice goals, but there was also yeah, yeah. a lot of weird bounces. Yeah. Actually, guys, can we pull up the stats one more time? I just want to uh, another person I want to actually. Uh, talk about a little bit because we haven't really I feel like I mentioned this I think during uh when I was writing up the SJHL power rankings for the team uh this this week but the play of Daza Mitchell mm -hmm. has been extremely underrated and not talked about enough I think you know the Weyburn Red Wings are a very young hockey team this year and and don't get me wrong I mean Daza Mitchell is a young goaltender but he had a great week last week for the Weyburn Red Wings. He was rock solid in between the pipes uh, against the Nippon Hawks, and they win, uh, they win that game 3-2 in a shootout. But then the very next night, they go into Battleford, and uh, you know they play the undefeated North Stars, and they only lose 2-1. And, and Daza made 
I think, 40 saves in that hockey game, and he was outstanding for them. And mm-hmm. I think for the Wings this year, because they're, they're still a young hockey club, they're going to get better and better as this year goes on. And I think Daz is going to be a huge part of that in between the pipes. And I just think we haven't talked, we've talked about the Caleb Allens. You know, we've talked about all these great Josh Kotai. We've talked about them. Dawson Smith. The list goes on and on. Cam Herlicka. Yep. But I don't think we've talked enough about Daza Mitchell and how good he has been this year for Weyburn. And, you know, it's funny. Two weeks ago, Nick Nielsen was on this program, mm-hmm. and he said Daza Mitchell, because he had that one rough game at Showcase, his numbers kind of were a little down at the moment. But yep. Nick Nielsen did say that by the end of this season that Daza Mitchell would be one of the top goalies stats-wise in the league. Look, a couple weeks later, he's he's making Nick look like a genius, which is hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> which is hard oh, to do. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Nick. Oh boy, he's. Uh, I'm sure he'll but, have a he'll have a rebuttal oh, yeah, for that. I'll see you um, on Twitter later. Quickly, before we get to our uh, guest, Marty Martinson. Yes. Uh, let's get into our topic three. Last topic of the hat trick is who's hot, who's not. We're going to do a quick one here, uh, and we're looking at teams right now. Who's yes. hot, who's not? We're going to start with who's not. Uh, and I'll let you get into your candidates for who's not. I think uh, the easy um, the easy answer I think for this one team wise right now, uh, just on a result based and not like looking at it like a power rankings type of situation. I think the easy one to say is the Melfort Mustangs right now. Unfortunately, yeah, they're uh, they've lost some tough hockey games. I think they're 0-2 and two. Oh, two and two in, in their, their last, last four, four games. games. Yeah. They've gotten tough stretch. You know, they lost two one in, uh, in overtime to Melville in Melville. They lost that game three two uh, to Estevan at home, and then you have a three two lead against the Notre Dame Hounds uh, late in the third period on uh, Tuesday, and then the Hounds get two goals late in the third period to come back and get a four three win. Now the good thing for Melfort is they are getting healthy, right? But they, you know. We all expected them to be a top team in the SJHL this year. I still think they 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 are going to be, but we just have to kind of be patient and wait to see uh, how this team gets healthy, and then once they're healthy, how they're playing. Because you know what, they played a couple of games against the Battle for North Stars. Those have been extremely good hockey games and tight hockey games. Yeah, they played a couple of games against the Humboldt Broncos. Those have also been extremely tight and entertaining hockey games. So they can compete definitely with any uh, team in this league, and I don't think their record is kind of indicative of no, and how mean, they are as a team. They're only a minus four goal differential. Like exactly. you said, every game has been tight with And they guys. have Joel Favreau in yeah. between the pipes. Uh, the other team I have for not as of right now, and I think it's for me personally, it's just because of the lack of hockey games that they've played because yeah. they haven't played that least much. amount of games played in the league, least amount of games played in the league. And that's yeah. the Kindersley Clippers. And it was unfortunate. I think um, up in Flin Flon last weekend, they're coming off 11 days off. Flin Flon's playing some really good hockey. They add some new additions. And unfortunately for the Clippers, they get shut out for nothing in both games. Um, but Logan Falk was unbelievable in those games yeah. uh, for the Kindersley Clippers. Turnaround candidates, Kindersley Clippers. I Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, this weekend's actually a very big weekend for the Kindersley Clippers with their alumni weekend. Ooh. And I fully expect this team to play great uh, both Friday and Saturday. Friday um, hosting Estevan and then Saturday hosting Melfort. So um, Speaking of I, I don't want to talk about too much about no. not because it's early on in the season and whatnot. But yeah. um, but speaking of Estevan. Streak-wise, that's what I would say. In st- speaking of Estevan and streak-wise, yes. who's hot? Estevan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's easy. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Estevan, they, they've won six in a row. They were one and six to start the season. Now they're seven and six. They're at the top of the Viterra division. That being said, they have played the most amount of games. Mm-hmm. Um, but... I mean, we talked about it briefly last night. Um, if they're going to be playing the way they played last night against Flin Flon, they're going to be a they're going to be a tough team to to play against. Yeah, because it's not often that Cam Herlicka gets uh, beat for six goals. And that game in itself was kind of not a good representation. I think of like the score the was a little wild. Sure, there were some crazy bounces. Not all of those goals were on Cam Herlicka. There was a lot of times where they probably could have scored three or four more, but Cam Herlicka sure. made some crazy 100%. saves. So, uh, yeah, look out for Estevan uh, going forward because right now they hot. And they got a big weekend. Big uh, weekend. They're in Kindersley Friday, and then they are in Battleford on Oof. Saturday, which I, I told you this on the drive home last night. 
I think it's that game setting up to potentially be a really good one if both Battleford and Estevan win their games Friday night. And of course, the Balfour North Stars are hot. They're 10 and 0 They're to start the, the season. Team. And what a perfect segue to bring in our guest. He is the play by play voice of the Balfour's North Stars. That is Marty Martinson. He's got a big smile on his face. What a segue. Marty, how are we doing today? Hey, I'm good. Thanks for having me on there, guys. Uh, you know what? We appreciate you making the time to chat with us today. Uh, things are uh, things are all good in Battleford right now, hey, for the North Stars. I mean, 10-0 and 0 to start the season. I mean, what more can you say for, for the start of this season from your perspective? Like, how, how unreal has it been so far? That's right. It has been unreal. I think that's a great word for it. You know, you look at this team and what they've been able to achieve here, 10 and 0. And I actually just wrote up an article on Monday there about kind of that dominant start to the season. And while there is still a little ways to go in the year, as we all know, uh, you can't ask for better than 100% through these first 10 games. First, I guess, month really of the uh, SJ season. And just looking at the North Stars history, I went back in the archives to see when the last time they would have had a kind of 10-0 start would have been, and I couldn't find it. Going all the way back 16 years to the start of the SJ archives on the league site there, the North Stars have never done it, and it's possible this is their best start in their 40-plus year franchise history. So obviously a special group there, and I think as anyone who knows and watches this team knows, like it's the depth of attack there, mm -hmm. and this is really a special group here. A lot of returning guys from last year. What's what's the vibe around the community with the North Stars right now being 10-0? Because like this doesn't happen often. So when it does, it's really special. So like, what's the vibe in the community surrounding this team right now? That's right. It's a great vibe right yeah, now. You know, the Battlefords, they love their hockey. They live for it. And, you know, I was even at the AAA game there last night uh, for the AAA Stars, and they won 5 nothing. their big win. And the barn was, I don't, I don't want to say packed, but it was a great turnout there. And, of course, North Stars is just next level further. You know, every time you're going out there, people are asking about the team there. Everyone wants to know how the team's doing there. And when they're rolling like they are right now, I mean, it's an electric atmosphere. The ACC is pumping, and uh, and certainly it's been some great turnouts there and an electric fan base there. The guys are always asking, uh, or always getting asked, I should say, uh, you know, about the team and, and all that. So it's been great. You touched on it. You know, one of the big reasons why this team is 10-0 and to start the season is just the depth of this lineup. It's unprecedented. Like, you look at, you know, they can roll four lines. You can roll three D pairings. Uh, like when you is that the strength of this hockey club absolutely yeah. you know i don't think it's any secret that this team only seems to get stronger throughout the course of a 60-minute hockey game there and we're seeing their third period being their best period even in their last game that 7-1 win over weyburn there on saturday night i mean that was what a two-goal hockey game heading into the third period and then it was just the floodgates open because this team's getting 40 shots a night. They're getting 40 plus a night there. And it really is uh, all four lines rolling there. You look at the depth of scoring. Nobody has more players with at least a goal in the league this season. Stars have 16 different guys with at least a single goal on the year. They got four different defensemen with at least two goals on the year, five of them with at least a goal. So it's truly been an all-hands-on-deck performance. You look, Stephen Kesslering was leading the league in goals there uh, when he was suspended for those two games, missed the two against Weyburn. Still eight goals in eight games for him. Keaton Klein was leading the league there until just these last couple of days with his nine through his first ten games. So you got the high-end guys who are scoring right up amongst the league's elite, and you have everybody kind of contributing on all four lines, which really leads to some success. And I'm going to jump ahead a little bit here. I did see one of the questions asked was just about, you know, can this team sustain? And, you know, I think there's no question that they can. You know, I'm not saying they're not going to lose a game all season here, <laughs> uh, but I am saying that when you have this many players contributing, even guys in and out of the lineup and, and filling out those fourth-line spots, I mean – they're really in a good place here to keep this role rolling here for sure. So here's a, here's a tricky question for you. Um, we know the big names on this hockey club that consistently produce for them, but through these first 10 games, who's a player for you as their broadcaster, that's kind of flown under the radar that maybe we should be talking about a little bit more. 
Oh boy. I, I'm going <laughs> to tell you right now. I probably, probably can't keep it to one here, but I'll oh, okay, throw a few enough. names out there. Sure. Uh, on the back end, I think Jordan Gibbs is right up there near the top of the list. I mean, I had him on as one of our first player profiles of the season. And, uh, and this guy's just fit in like a glove there next to Tyne and Ewart on the back end there. And they've really, they look like they played together for five years, you know, back there, the way they play off each other. And uh, certainly when you got a guy like him back there, I mean, he's already got three goals on the season and he's on the blue line there first year in the SJHL. So he's one of those guys, he's got size, he plays that gritty style of game, but he also jumps up in the rush. He can generate those points. He plays power play. He can kill penalties. So I think he's one of those guys right up there who, by the season's end, you're going to see him in a lot of those things. Maybe the showcase there, the MJSJ one, who knows. Uh, but he's one of those guys who I think is only going to continue to garner more and more of that attention as, uh, as he goes along this season in his first year. And then up front, you look, I mean, right down the middle of the ice, another one of the first names that comes to my mind is Jackson Allen. You know, this guy paired with Steven Kesslering, they've been one of the best duos within this North Stars team as far as the offensive side on the attack there. And uh, he's one of those guys, when I had him on when we were talking about that, I said, man, it seems like you and Steven just got this uh, chemistry really going. Seems like you guys have been playing together for years. And he said, you know, I think it's because we play such a similar style of game. They're both quick. They play that up-tempo game, and they have a way of finding each other out there. And also, hey, speed is great. Scoring off the rush is great. But these guys are gritty as well as we've seen in these games. There, We saw uh, Allen getting that greasy one there to open the scoring against Melford a couple of games ago. And then Kesslering, the game after that, was set up right back uh, by Allen. So that's certainly another guy that I'd put on the list there. And then right on down the horn. I mean, one guy that I'm still looking forward to seeing as this season progresses Brad Blake, I mean, he's one of my favorites just as a commentator to watch out there. I always call him the magician because he's got those <laughs> magic mitts there when he's handling the puck. And, I mean, the Stars got him out there centering their fourth line a lot of light, a lot of nights right. here. So, I mean, you can't say enough about this depth here. And I know I'm going to keep jibber-jabbering. Oh, so don't worry. You, uh, it's a podcast. In there, but, ah, but yeah, it really is uh, – yeah, it really is a, a strong depth of attack here on this group. Well, and you can see, you can hear it in your voice. There's a lot to be excited about with this Balfour North Stars team right now. They're 10 and 0. Uh, they're currently on an eight-game homestand. They're pretty much at home for the entire month of October. That's that does not happen a lot uh, in Junior A hockey. So, I mean, just from the team perspective, they must be thrilled to have like a month-long homestand essentially. That's right. Playing at home is always great, like you mentioned, and especially mm -hmm. when you're feeling good and you're winning <laughs> yeah, there. Exactly. That's when the fans are all juiced up, so it really couldn't have come at a better time either. And uh, again, just for the Stars team, I mean, you look back at, going to date myself here a little bit, a few years ago in the 2019 season, of course, the North Stars went on to win the championship that year, and they actually ended up ending the season with a heavy road schedule. If you'll remember, they hardly, I think they had two home games the last month and a half of the season, and they ended up uh, ending the season there on like an 11-1 and one run uh, over their last 12 or so. So this is a group where it's probably going to be a similar style scenario where we're going to have a lot of those kind of road games down the back half of the year. But again, uh, as we know and as we've seen from history here, it's great to have some of those, uh, you know, some of that uh, point uh I, some of those points, I guess I should say, kind of built up early on in the season. Two points is good any time of year. So if you can get some of those points banked earlier on in the schedule there, playing at home there, then it just really takes a little bit of a load off there down the stretch drive. And you can kind of start gearing up uh, knowing kind of where you're going to be in the playoff picture. I got to ask you about uh, Josh Kotai in between the pipes. How unreal has this guy been? I mean, the few games I've seen him. Calm, cool, collected, and nothing seems to phase him. What do you see from him? I'll tell you what I see. I see a brick wall when he's standing <laughs> between the pipes. There. It's almost indistinguishable uh, when he's in there. No, but uh, all kidding aside, I mean, he's just the ultimate equalizer there. And he's a guy who I always say on the broadcast, too, it's one thing to make the saves, but he's a guy who just absolutely inspires confidence within the whole group and he really calms the waters there it's not just that he's making the saves it's that if you watch his glove hand and he's one of those right-handed catching goalies which i used to think was rare to watch in the league this year it seems like every team's got a right-handed <laughs> goalie uh there this season but he's one of those guys anything in the air anything on his glove side sometimes even on his blocker hand side everything snatched up in that old venus fly trap of a glove 
and he doesn't let anything get out there, and it's that rebound control that really sets him apart there. He's a big body in net, closes down the angles, and guys will take shots on him looking for rebounds, and then they're still looking for him even right. now. Game's done for two weeks, you know, because he just doesn't let anything out, and I think that's a big part of being kind of an elite goaltender and what sets the elite of the elite in this league apart from kind of even the very good goaltenders is just that ability to kind of calm the waters down there when the team needs a break, you're getting that face off there, getting the reset. And for Cote, I mean, there's nobody better in this league that I've seen as far as just keeping things calm and cool and, uh, and making those big stops. And we pulled up, just before you got on, we pulled up Cote's numbers so far this year. Nine goals against in eight games, a 1.2 goals against average. You don't you don't see that often. So when you do, it's, it's really special. Uh, I want to get into, we did have some questions come in from Twitter. This one comes from our good friend Nick Nielsen down in Weyburn, and I know this question has been uh, asked to Braden Klamosko a few times, and I know you, uh, you've probably heard it, but how much do you think this the familiarity from the team from last year, coming back from this year, I think the Stars had anywhere from 15 to 17 returning players from last year. How do you think that familiarity helps coming back this year and obviously knowing Braden Klamosko's system? Yeah, that's it. Exactly. I think that is a big part of it. You know, like you hear from the guys all the time, you know, even when you talk to guys midway through the season, they'll talk about how, hey, there was a bit of an adjustment period, especially guys jumping up from AAA, which is a great league in its own right, onto the junior A level. It's just taking that next step there. And for so many of these guys, like you mentioned, 15 on the roster right now. Uh, from last season, kind of carryover guys, and they've really been the guys helping drive the bus here, lead the way as well. You always want your veteran guys, your best players to be your best players, and the North Stars have been lucky to have that, and it's so many of these guys you'll remember were kind of first year in the league last year. Even mm -hmm. your Keaton Kleins, who's a 20-year-old this year, Emmett Wurst, who's a 20-year-old this year, they were kind of first year in the SJHL last season, and they've just continued to grow here, take that next step, and they've been real leaders on this team here. You look at the hometown boys there, the Zane Florence, of course, Jake Southgate. Then you got your Stephen Kesslerings, who feels like he's been here for 10 years <laughs> since he was a regular in the league as a 17-year-old with the Stars group. Longest tenured North Star now in his 20-year-old season. Season, and he's just picked up we talked about him with the eight goals through his first eight games so I think that is a big part of it you know guys familiar with the league and the biggest thing too uh, that I got to say about this team because right from day one of the season when we were coming back even before I guess the season started when we were coming back for training camp I was asking these guys how does it feel to be back this and that and I know every team is tight I know every team has a great locker room but this North Stars room is really something special. You know, they're a group of brothers there, and they're really well bonded. And I think a lot of that has to do with kind of that camaraderie built and then carrying over year over year. And when you see so many guys wanting to come back, wanting to embrace those leadership roles and take on more of those opportunities, it only bodes well for the team. And I think we're seeing that pay off right away here. So it's definitely been a good sign there. And when you have those leaders leading, I mean, that's a good way to set the tone for that next generation coming up and some of these younger guys saying boy oh boy i better make the most of my opportunity <laughs> when i get in the lineup because uh it's a tough nut to crack there before we get into uh some light-hearted questions to end the interview let's get a quick preview of this weekend for the north stars they play host to melford on friday estevan on saturday uh they played two games against melford so far this season they've been very tight entertaining hockey games what do you expect from this weekend yeah, that's right. Every time the North Stars play the Mustangs, you know, one thing's for sure. It's probably going to be a one-goal hockey game there, maybe two there. Uh, but it really is one of the great kind of rivalries as we've seen, kind of those outside-the-division rivalries uh, that we've seen here. And it doesn't seem to matter. I mean, you look at even this season, the Stars have only had one game go past uh, kind of regulation time so far this year. It was that overtime finish the last time these play teams played back in Melford, and it was Kean Bell who's been an absolute rock star. I almost feel like, remiss that I didn't bring him up earlier. <laughs> I mean, this guy's, what has he got, six goals through six games with the team, so he's been lights out since coming over, and he's really fit in well and scored that overtime winner, but that was maybe the best game we've seen so far this season. I mean, that Melford team uh, is really something, a good squad as well, and that'll be a great test. And then I know you were talking just before I came on as well about maybe the hottest team other than the North Stars, uh, certainly of late, has been Estevan uh, with their hot play here. So that'll be another great test. And on the Bruins side of things, 
North Stars haven't played them yet this season. And anytime you're taking on the defending league champs, it's a little bit of extra incentive there to bring that A game there. You know, everybody's kind of using them as a measuring stick as well. So I can expect that to be a great one as well. Can't wait to get uh, back into it here. We haven't played since the weekend there. I'm feeling like it's been <laughs> ages here since we've seen this team in action. So I know I'm itching to get back in the booth. Never mind these boys actually out there playing. And uh, that's the big thing, too. These guys, they love the game. And they really enjoy it. And you can see that on their faces there, whether it's doing the interviews with me there. I'm always grabbing them for the post game, <laughs> for the interviews in, uh, in the intermissions there. But you know what? This group is always, they love the game. They love doing it. And that's a big part of their success here as well. All right. So here we'll end, we'll end the interview with two fun questions. All right. The first one comes sure. from our good friend, Matt Barrett, who uh, you'll see tomorrow night. Matt asks, what's the most entertaining hockey game you've ever called? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to say, uh, I'd like to give this one to Matt and say game five of the 2019 finals, because, uh, of course, playing the Melford Mustangs, the North Stars took home the championship <laughs> there that night. So there you go, Matt. Uh, careful what you wish for there, buddy. But uh, no, I only kid. I mean, that was obviously a special game for what it was. But uh, I would have to say, just as far as the game on ice product uh, itself, it would have to go back to, again, that 2019 playoff run. First round, that series against Flynn Flon, it went to seven games. And uh, was it game five there in North Battleford? Went to uh, three overtimes. It went to triple overtime. And if you'll remember, Flynn Flon actually ended up winning that game. The North Stars lost it, heading back to Flynn Flon there. And they actually ended up winning game six, too. So it was a bit of a, a, bit of a tough loss there. They scored the tying goal there. It was Nate Hooper on the tying goal with, like, I can't remember 17 seconds or something like that to send it into overtime. And then he scored in triple overtime to win the game. So it was a bit of a heartbreaker there for the North stars. But as we saw, they overcome, they dealt with that adversity. And I mean, even at the time, even though it was a loss, it's one of those games. I mean, somebody has got to lose it, mm -hmm. but even being on that end of things, boy, oh boy, what a game there. That was just the ultimate. That was a pinnacle. You had guys playing 40 minutes in that game. It was incredible. <laughs> it was unlike anything I had ever experienced. I know for myself, I was so hoarse. I was so out of breath there. <laughs> but uh, I could have done another three overtimes because that's what it's all about there. Those rivalry games. And uh, and certainly that was a special one. So I'd, I'd probably have to say that one. Yeah, you probably had to load up on Fisherman's Friends after at the SO after uh, on the way back to Battleford or something like that. Uh, final question for you. And this one actually... I wouldn't have thought to ask this question until actually last week. We were both up in LaRange for the North Stars game against the Ice Wolves. And I was there filming, uh, getting B-roll and everything like that uh, for, I've been going around to each team and everything. And I looked up into the press box and I was blown away and super impressed. And I haven't told you this, but I couldn't believe that you were calling the game, but also taking photos with a camera how difficult is that because that to me seems like it would be a challenge yeah well hey thanks thanks for that there i mean yeah it's just something i've always enjoyed you know it's not something i have to do but right. uh, it's something i like doing you know for me like the pictures is just another way i kind of you know interact with the game and then i do a pre and post game article for every game that north right. stars play and i always have so it's kind of just another way i always look at it like as many ways as i can make the team and the games accessible to as many people as possible you know if they can tune in listen to the broadcast great they can catch me on the hockey tv awesome as well you know and if they can't maybe they're you know they're busy they wake up the next morning they want to see that post game article that's why i stay up after the game doesn't matter how late it yep. is there got to get those pictures in there got to get those uh you know videos and all that stuff because it's just another kind of outlet their way to kind of share the game there and uh, again when i'm lucky enough and blessed enough to work for a team like this north stars group uh, I'm always just happy to bring as much content as possible. But to answer the question more directly there, <laughs> as for the uh, actual taking of the pictures while I'm going, yeah. yeah, I got the long lens on there to get those close-up shots. And for me, because I've done it now, this is my fifth year, is it? Fifth year now with the stars here. So uh, I've been doing it since day one there. Wow. And, uh, I don't even think about it now, to be honest. And I just do that. I kind of take all my own uh, pictures there. And it's just another great way. And then uh, I kind of set up an Instagram there, share some of that work that way as well. Uh, if you want to 
you want to check that one out there at the uh, Marty Marty Photography, little plug in there, no problem about it. You can plug whatever my, you want, Marty. Yeah, <laughs> and plug whatever on you Twitter want. There. Yeah, then on my Twitter <laughs> as well at uh, Marty Marty PXP one, and uh, yeah, just about kind of sharing as many things as possible and and getting the boys out there, getting them known and uh, and sharing some of those things with them as well is something special. So pictures, just another part of the game. I way I could do that and. Happy to do it. Don't even think anything of it. <laughs> and that's what we all want to do, I think, as part of the SJHL media, both us obviously here working for the league, but all the I know all the broadcasters. We want the best for the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League, and obviously, from what you just said, that's exactly part of it when it comes to you doing all this. Marty, this has been awesome. Thanks so much for taking some time to join us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, we will see you, I will see you tomorrow night in Battleford uh, for that game. Looking forward to it, my friend. That's right. Hey, I'm looking forward to it, too. Anytime you want to have me on here, it's an absolute pleasure and uh, great to come on. Thanks so much, Marty. We'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, thanks. All right. That is the play-by-play voice of the Battleford North Stars, Marty Martinson. Unbelievable chat. Unbelievable guy. One of the hardest workers in the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Uh, he plugged his, his Twitter, he plugged his photography, uh, he, uh, his, his writing's phenomenal, uh, on battle, I think it's battlefordsnow.com, uh, promote that too. He, like he said, he does a pre and post game article. Um, he's outstanding. One of the hardest workers in, uh, in the game. I just, I just can't stop smiling. That was such a fun interview. He's, I can't stop smiling. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. He's awesome. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Listen, yeah. if you haven't heard his calls yet, uh, and I've just got introduced to Marty uh, on the radio mm-hmm. or on the hockey TV broadcast on that game he referenced where mm-hmm. Key and Bell scored the the game winner, uh, and he said, "Ring the bells, ring the bells." You know that yep. that was a great call. We posted it on we our. We rang page. the bell, all right. Uh, and that was my first introduction to Marty, and uh, I can't wait to tune into more Battleford's games just to hear his calls. The, they're great on top of the games being great. Yeah. Uh, Marty's got, he's just an infectious broadcaster. He does. Great. And he, uh, he cares a lot about the North Stars, and he cares a lot about the league, and that's yeah. why, uh, the same way, it's the exact same reason why, obviously, we're here. You mm-hmm. know, we care about the league, we care about the teams, and we want the best for everyone, and, and Marty shows that yeah for sure it was a, that's great great chat it was a great chat uh it flew by and i just looked at the time and i couldn't believe that that conversation was like 20 minutes yeah um it was great though it was great but we kind of teased it with marty uh balford has two games this weekend so yeah. let's pull up the friday schedule because we got uh, an off night thursday in the saskatchewan junior hockey league but big day big, big day big weekend yes we got 10 games on tap to uh, five games Friday, five games Saturday. LaRange versus Melville. Nipwin hosts Humboldt, Flinflons, and Weyburn. Melfort against Battleford. That's going to be a big one. Then yep. Estevan in Kindersley. Clark, what stands out for you in this five-game slate? The Melford Battleford's like that's yeah. that game right there. I want to see. I want to see if Battleford's can keep this up. First of all, sure. uh, I want to see if Melford's going to bounce back. Like mm-hmm. we, as we said earlier, they're on a bit of a. Not a slide, but a rough stretch of the last four games. Well, and even Marty said, Marty said in that interview that that's a very good Melfort Mustangs team. Yeah. And their record does not show how good of a team they are because Melfort has pushed Battleford in both the games that they played against each other this year. Absolutely. So I want to see that game. Uh, I think that might be one of the more marquee ones. Not not that the other ones are not downplaying any other ones at all, but Mm -hmm. that one just stands out to me a little bit. Uh, especially on the Friday night schedule, because again, there's five more games on Saturday. Yeah, uh, but let's yeah, quickly, yeah, and yeah. then let's pull up the Saturday night schedule and uh, the rematch between LaRange and Yorkton in Yorkton. Battleford's playing host to Estevan. Humboldt welcomes Melville. Melfort in Kindersley, and then Flinflon finishes up there four and five against the Notre Dame Hounds. I think I mentioned earlier, I think if Estevan and Battleford both win on Friday, that game on Saturday is going to be awesome. Well, I think the game's going to be awesome no matter what, but I think just the storylines write itself, right? A team that potentially has won seven games in a row going up against a team that's won 11 straight, hasn't lost this season. That's one of the more marquee games to start uh, the 2022-2023 season. 
Yeah, absolutely. But right. yeah, so that's obviously that's they have to take care of business. Friday. A couple of hot teams. Uh, yeah. Friday is going to be a big night to kind of, and both teams are going to be going back to back as well, like you, yes. like you said. So um, they're going to be in the same boat. Neither team ha necessarily has an advantage outside of the fact that I think Estevan's traveling maybe sure. a little bit more. But uh, other than that, both teams are going to be kind of in the same boat. They're both hot. Uh, so even if even if one of them happens to lose on Friday night, it's still going to be a really solid game. Uh, another one I'm really wanting to check in on is maybe Melville and Humboldt. Mm -hmm. um, as after the report you kind of gave me after the Melville game the other night, mm -hmm. uh, I want to see that team and and how they do. Uh, you, you know they have some big big top line guys. Mm -hmm. I want to see those younger guys continue sure. to develop. And and with Humboldt coming off a loss, how are they going to react to that? Because that's their first one of the season. Yes, so, I uh, be an interesting one. Now as well. Humboldt plays Nipwin on Friday, Fair. of course, yes. uh, too. Which I think it'll be a really good game because yeah, like you said, Humboldt's coming off their first loss of the season. How are yeah. they going to bounce back? And then you have the Nippon Hawks, who obviously they just came off that comeback win yeah. over the uh, Yorkton Terriers on, on Tuesday. Um, I think the interesting thing, too, I want to see. I, I touched on it on Monday uh, or Tuesday, rather, on SJHL Weekly. But the two teams that are playing four and five, yeah. uh, they are now halfway done their four and five. Both teams are one and one. I want to see how they finish their four and fives. Uh, the Flin Flon Bombers are going to uh, play the Weyburn Red Wings on Friday, mm -hmm. which is also Weyburn's lone game of the week. They deserve, they got some much needed rest, uh, which was really good for Weyburn. Yep. Coming off two back-to-back -back weeks where they played three and three. Um, and then they'll finish the trip against the Notre Dame Hounds on Saturday. Um, and then for LaRange, they're in Melville Friday and then the rematch against Yorkton on, on Saturday. So I'm really interested to see how those two teams do with their four and fives. They both have the day off today. They both return to action tomorrow. Both teams coming off a loss uh, yesterday as well. And then the other one I kind of teased a little bit too that uh, I am I'm keeping my eye out for a little bit is I, my gut says I think the Kindersley Clippers are going to have a really good weekend for Alumni Weekend. Yeah. It's their 30th anniversary this season. And uh, they have a, a big alumni weekend celebration taking place, uh, which I'll be there for on Saturday. Looking forward to being back there. And yeah, speaking I, of Kindersley I mean, alumni. I guess technically I am yeah, alumni. you're going hey? home. Homecoming for Jerry. I wouldn't say homecoming, but yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's, it's been, it's been uh, 10 years, years yeah. <laughs> not one week. It's been 10 years uh, since I was the play-by-play -play voice of the Kindersley Clippers. So there you go. I, Marty says he dated himself. I just dated myself. Yeah. Um, but I think they're going to have a really good weekend. I do, with the celebrations going on. I think those are going to be easy games to get up for. And I think... Um, Ken Plaquin and company, I, I think they'll want to get bounced back after that uh, tough weekend up in Flin Flon where they lost both games 4 nothing. Yeah, I don't doubt it. And you also made a good point, like Logan Volk's playing good hockey right now. In that. Really, so, really good. Uh, and they've made some additions. They've brought in some reinforcements in the last mm -hmm. week or so. Uh, so they're primed, like we said earlier, Prime to be a turnaround candidate in terms of you know getting a few more games under their belt, maybe grabbing a couple of W's along the way, and uh, look out for Kindersley because I, I don't think they're done yet. They're not going to just lay down. Absolutely. No. no, and obviously they're in a tough division too yep. with uh, the humble Broncos and the Battle for North Stars. Clearly they're they're already pretty far ahead those two teams, but there's no reason why both Kindersley and Notre Dame can't get back in in the race. The season's still young. We're actually probably. Uh, we still technically, technically haven't hit the one month mark of right. the season. Yeah, because the season started September 16th. We haven't even hit October 16th. So uh, there's still lots of hockey to be played, and uh, they can easily both those teams get back uh, into the playoff race. So yes, uh, another busy weekend. Five games Friday, five games Saturday. Uh, stay tuned for all the action. Uh, if you can't make it out to the local rink. Be sure to, you can catch all the games on Hockey TV. If you can't watch Hockey TV, um, be sure to catch up on all of the games from Friday and Saturday uh, with our highlights on our YouTube page. And you can, of course, stay up to date with all of our highlights, the news, players of the week, power rankings, articles. Uh, what else, Clark? Whatever um, else we come up with. Whatever else we come up with. Yeah, you everything. can add... Uh, Find us on Facebook, as you can see on the screen below. Find us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. Be sure. I think the big one, too, is subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, that's a big one. It's free to subscribe. Subscribe sounds like you have to pay, but you don't. Just, just click the button. 
It's just, One it's button. like liking. Essentially, it's just like liking. Um, so subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's where we post all of our features, highlights, uh, recaps, all that fun stuff. Um, and uh, you can also actually probably, this uh, this is a plug, pardon me, bump my mic. Uh, you could also follow me on Twitter as well. That would probably be a good way to uh, stay up to date with some scores and games that I'm at. Uh, and it's just at Jeremy Corrigan, my name. There you uh, go. That's an easy way. Uh, that's all of our social media. Before we wrap up today's show, though, um, we kind of looked at, uh, we got a view of the schedule for this weekend, Friday, Saturday. Um, what's final thoughts going into this weekend, Clark? Buckle up. Like, if buckle 10 up. games oh, in two okay. days. All right, I'll buckle Yeah, up. buckle up. Right. 10 games in two days. Like, there's going to be so much action sure. going on. And then we have a couple of days to decompress. No games on Sunday and no games on Monday. So mm. make sure you're tuning into SJHL Weekly on Monday, uh, the live broadcast on all of our social media channels, because there's going to be so much to go back over and just kind of get a good recap of those 10 games. Uh, it's going to be a lot to keep a, keep a grasp of, but it's going to be an exciting weekend. So many storylines. We talked about them going into these games. Uh, going to be a lot of fun. A lot of great hockey on tap this weekend uh, across the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Like Clark mentioned, five games Friday, five games Saturday. Uh, it's going to be a busy night at, uh, at the rink for sure. So if you can, if you can check out some of the, the games uh, in your community. It's going to be a great uh, weekend of hockey. If you can't make it, be sure to subscribe to Hockey TV and you can check all the games out on Hockey TV. If you can't check them out on Hockey TV, of course, uh, you can check out, if you want some updates on the games, of course, you can follow all the teams on social media, on Twitter and Facebook. But if you want highlights from each game, you can follow the SJHL on all of our social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. That's a big one because that's where we'll post all the highlights. That's where you'll see SJHL Insider. That's where you'll see SJHL Weekly. And you'll also see all the other features that we produce uh, for the Saskatchewan Junior Hockey League. Of course, before we go, we have to say a big thank you once again to all of our spot, uh, sponsors, once again, uh, our podcast sponsor is SGI. But, of course, uh, we have some more great sponsors, that being Chevrolet, Capital Auto Mall, Great Western Brewing, Cantera Seeds, RBC, Sastel, SGEU, Direct West, Saskatchewan Construction Safety Association, Tourism Saskatchewan, and Young's Equipment. Thank you, thank you, thank you for my co-host, Clark Monroe. My name is Jeremy Corrigan. Thank you so much for joining us on SJHL Insider this week. And enjoy the games this weekend, everybody.